This episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. Use promo code Locked On and you'll get 20% off your next order. And now, let's start the show. White Sox! White Sox! Go, 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 go! Dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Instagram or Twitter, Ecknerwall23. Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill, and the show is at Locked on Socks on both Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. So search for us there, subscribe, hit the notifications bell, so when we drop a video, you can be the first to see it. So without further ado, here is Chris Tannehill. Chris, how's your evening going? Oh, Herb, do you hear that sound, Herb? Hmm, I don't. Do you hear that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what that is? What, what could that sound be? It's the sound of the police. <laughs> no, not no, no, not whoop whoop. <laughs> That's the sound of the police. Uh, no, it's it's not the police. Um, okay, Kara, step aside, please. Um, that is the sound of the rumor mill churning. Oh my goodness, Herbie, the rumor mill's churning here on a Sunday night. It's hot stove and it's it's getting it's getting lukewarm for our White Sox. We start with this today here on Locked on White Sox. Welcome in everyone. It uh, normally is a mailbag Monday, but I don't know if we're going to have a chance. We may get to one email because it's topical here. Uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the latest White Sox free agent rumor. And coming out of the Dominican Republic, and also we are going to welcome Liam Hendricks uh, to the South Side. He had his formal press conference on Friday. We'll talk about some of the highlights that came out of that. But first here, Herbie, this rumor mill, it's churning. Uh, I saw a tweet this evening from Hector Gomez, who, of course, is a very uh, credible, established baseball reporter out of the Dominican Republic. You may have seen his, his many videos chronicling the likes of Julio Franco still getting it done, still raking, still with that great batting stance in great shape. Uh, you know, various reports of certain signings. Any anyone that's plugged into into the Dominican Republic, I believe he had some stuff on Encarnacion last off season. Um, but his latest tweet tonight uh, says this. Uh, he was talking about the cast, potential Castillo trade from Reds to Yankees, and this sort of came up in the conversation. Uh, he, he replies to some of the White Sox contingent on Twitter. He says, this is Hector Gomez now, at HGomez27 on Twitter. Hector says, in the next few days, there will be very good news for the White Sox's fans. What do we make of this, Herbie? Hector Gomez teasing us here with the potential big-time signing out of the Dominican. What do we think is going on here, Herb? I do not know what he's um, intimating there. I mean, usually Hector gives you names. He says, well, this guy is signing a deal. He's hinting at the deals are close. Usually when he knows, he sends it out there, and he's pretty spot on on his uh, information. So for him to say they're going to be happy in the next couple of days, like it seems like multiple things are happening here. 
I mean, we can just speculate on Dominican players who are out there available for the White <laughs> there's, Sox. There's plenty of them out there for you. Um, but let's yeah. but let's put it in context here. Remember, I believe Hector Gomez was the one, the first one that had the report saying that Marcel Ozuna is going to sign with the White Sox like this weekend. That was a year ago before the uh, the winter meetings, and then uh, you know Marcel Ozuna shows up in the Dominican Winter League, and he's wearing his Cardinals jersey, and then things kind of fell apart from there. And of course, famously, uh, Rick Hahn and Jerry Reinsdorf laughed off the rumors in the lobby of the San Diego Hotel during the winter meetings last year. Uh, Jerry asking Rick if he was having a senior moment and if they had signed a player he didn't know about. And we all had a good laugh. Uh, no, we didn't. We hated every second of it because we knew that Marcelo Zuna was going to be a good option for the White Sox going into 2020. Oh, and then what does he do? He winds up in the MVP race for the Atlanta Braves in 2020. So they got that wrong. But maybe they have a chance to make make things right here in 2020 with Marcelo Zuna being a free agent. Do you think that it, could it be Marcelo Zuna, one of the suitors the Sox are looking at? That'll be way too perfect. Like that's a off season right there. I think we talked about it. I'll be absolutely shocked if they went and got two high level talents. Marcelo Zuna. You ask me if they'll ever sign a hundred million dollar guy. That's a hundred million dollar guy. Young enough still, I mean, he did a one-year deal with the Atlanta Braves so he could have this type of situation where people are bidding for his services. And, yeah, he'll break the bank, and he'll be the perfect player for the White Sox. Fill in perfectly with the designated hitter right there for the White Sox. And young enough where he's not like a 38, like Encarnacion, where he falls off the table in the year that he was with the White Sox. He's just going to have production up and down when he's here for the White Sox. I think it's way too perfect, oh, so yeah. I'm downshifting <laughs> yeah, to obviously. the other guy <laughs> okay, okay. who, <laughs> so, so, uh, I can think of, which would be the same Encarnacion signing, which I would be excited about, Yeah, and his name is Nelson Cruz. Yeah, and uh, Hector Gomez has had tons of like Nelson Cruz hype videos. Uh, this offseason I've called hype videos because it's like you know he was you know obviously contract expired with the twins and immediately as soon as the offseason started you see videos of Nelson Cruz working out down the Dominican taking some hacks down in the DR and Hector Gomez is the one chronicling a lot of this he's getting it sent to him or he's right there with him who knows but this is I think makes more sense for the White Sox we're going to get to what Rick Hahn said about the White Sox may possibly making some additions uh, after the Hendricks signing. We'll get to that later on in the show here today. But I, I think the Nelson Cruz thing makes a lot more sense because it would be significantly less money. You're talking about another one-year deal. Nelson Cruz, by the way, will be 41 after the All-Star break. He's 40 years old right now. Uh, Marcelo Zuna just turned 30. So you're talking about an 11-year difference there with the two players. But uh, if you want to know what the uh, what Fangraphs has them projected for in 2021, uh, Ozuna, 35 homers. Cruz, 31. Ozuna, 104 RBI. Cruz, 86. And then a slash line for Ozuna, 277, 357, 514. Pretty solid. Uh, for Cruz, they have 256, 344, 490. So obviously they're projecting Ozuna to have a better year, but he's going to require a lot more dollars to be a part of your ball club. I think the Nelson Cruz thing makes sense for the White Sox for uh, many reasons. One, obviously being the money, this would be relatively – you know, uh, limited financial risk. It'll most likely be a one-year deal. You're looking for a stopgap uh, before uh, Andrew Vaughn gets here, and that would be a good play because we talked about this for weeks now, how we're not so comfortable with a guy who's only played at high at, at high A ball 
um, to to all of a sudden just thrust him in the D, into the DH role while you're in your World Series window. So you, you don't have to plug him in there. You don't have to rush Andrew Vaughn. You don't have to start his clock. So you have an established hitter that you've seen a lot, especially in 2020 as he's with the Twins last year. And short-term deal, a guy who you're hoping can still be productive – but another thing we talked about for a long time here when we were asked about this initially, I, I think during uh, towards the end of the season, there is no doubt in my mind that if Nelson Cruz comes to the White Sox, he's going to be Adam LaRoche 2.0. He's going to be Edwin Encarnacion 2.0. Like, just, just by White Sox fandom rule, like that is the only logical scenario I see playing out. But I'm just, I'll preface it by saying this. Like, it's not really prefacing, but I, I'll say that it's the move that that you should make if you want to make sure that DH spot is, is fortified and you don't want to commit the money to Ozuna. They have the money. Let's be real, but I don't think they're going to spend it. They've already spent more almost than anyone this off season uh, next to the Mets. So I think in terms of th- this is the move that I would make if I was the GM. You could. This is an easier sell if I'm Rick Hahn to go to Jerry Reinsdorf. Like, look. You know, we, we still got some holes here. Let's plug it with a guy that Jerry knows already. He's seen him play. He can, you know, play at the the emotional angle for, for Jerry. Like, look, you've seen this guy beat our team how many times over the past decade? So I think it would be an easier sell and, and a quick fix to, uh, to to fill that DH spot. So what, what would you think of this move? I know you, we prefer Ozuna. We, that goes without saying we both prefer that. But the idea of, of Nelson Cruz for a one-year stopgap until uh, Andrew Vaughn gets here, what do we make of that? Or would you rather have the projected lineup that MLB Network's been tweeting out lately where you have um, Engel and left, Eaton and right, and Eloy at DH? What do you think about that? No. Um, no, I would rather have Nelson Cruz, that p- part of that one, and h- take my chances with Eloy in left field. Um, and I think it's more um, susceptible to think about the Nelson Cruz deal than the Ozuna deal, multiple reasons, money. You've already spelled that out. Uh, they did the Edwin Canacion thing last year, and I think they think that Edwin would have been fine in a regular season. If he would have got enough at bats, he would have actually, you know, hit his regular thirty home runs. And I think they're thinking the same thing with Nelson Cruz. And then another wrinkle, which I didn't even expect, the other day when they were announcing the deal for Liam Hendricks, they also announced the deal for Yokely Cespedes. And in that press conference, they pretty much said that he's not that far away from the majors. So signing Ozuna maybe seen as a stop, you know, a blockage for him or, yeah. you know, they already have Adam Eaton on the thing for two years. I think one and then an option. So maybe Ozuna for a longer deal blocks his path to a major league future. So signing Nelson Cruz, who could only be here for a year and then he's a designated hitter, doesn't necessarily do that. This is what I'm thinking about. What about you? Yeah, you know, that's that angle too. You know, I, I have to see it to believe it with Cespedes. I hope they get a full spring in and we get to see a little bit of them so I know kind of what we're working with here. Like what what's the swing? How does the swing play against – you know, uh, big league pitchers, you know, what, what's the arm look like, you know, like it's going to get on base at a decent clip. Like I think in their mind, they trust Marco Patty and they have, they have every reason to trust him. So if, if Marco Patty says this guy's going to be ready in a, in a year, I, I totally get that, you know, but it just, it's troubling though. When you think of it, when you think about all these fringe outfielders that the Sox have in their system, like the Cubs, when they were building their, their championship team, they had like their philosophy was accumulate all the shortstops, right? So the, the White Sox have taken the 
a uh, different approach is to accumulate all of the fringe corner outfielders. Um, so not even center fielders. So that's kind of damning to what you what you might have to say about Mike Rodolfo and Blake Rutherford and and Luis Gonzalez and other guys like that. So, but yeah, I, I believe that you know, and and you know, if Marco Patti says he's he's ready to rock in a year, then cool, I, I'm with that. You know, Adam Eaton won't be here for long and. You know, we'll see what happens to Engel, and we'll see if, if Eloy eventually becomes DH. I hope not. I hope he gets better in left, and you can sort of uh, create more flexibility in your lineup by having him in left field and not having him be a liability. But, yeah, I, I could totally see that being a thing for the White Sox. They're, they're, they're you know, their 30,000-foot view of the team. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me, um, but it just uh, it's unfortunate you know, when you talk about People always talk about trading these guys in, in the minor leagues, like uh, you know Adolfo and Rutherford. Like, oh, what can we get for these guys? And now all of a sudden, the White Sox are basically telling you, like, ah, oh, yeah, that they, they're not going to be next. This guy, Cespedes, right here, he's going to be the one. So, we'll we'll see, man, how it shakes out. But uh, we'll keep you guys posted here on Locked On White Sox. That's why I like doing this show so much because we can keep it fresh and we can come right back at you tomorrow and tell you, oh yeah, this rumor was bullshit, or it was a nothing, or yeah, cool, they saw nice Nelson Cruz, let's talk about it. So we'll take a quick time out here, and coming up, we're going to go over Liam Hendricks' introductory press conference, and Rick Hahn was dropping little breadcrumbs for you guys about potential signings, and, and we'll talk about how Liam Hendricks got recruited to the White Sox. It's fascinating stuff here, and we'll get back to that right here on Lockdown White Sox, Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. And this episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by betonline.ag. You guys ready for some football? Oh, man, it's the best sports day of the year, in my opinion, next to opening day. We've got Championship Sunday coming up a week from tonight. If you're listening to this on Monday, just under a week. And, uh, man, the playoffs, what a weekend it was. You know, you you listen to us talk about that Rams-Packers game, that six-and-a-half spread there. You should have pounded that if you listened to us on Locked on White Sox. We gave you that one. Uh, but there's so many different things going on here this weekend and so many different angles to play. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use our promo code LOCKDOWN for your 50% welcome bonus. All right, Herbie, Championship Sunday. I can't wait. It's my favorite sports day of the year next to opening day. And right now the lines are, are available to you, so it'll be Green Bay, Tampa Bay. You know what they call it, Herb? They call that the Battle of the Bay. Yeah, boo. Um, that's what they're calling it, though. Don't, you know, don't, don't shoot yeah, the messenger. You know the, like Tampa is just called Tampa down there. I thought, Tampa Bay is like a, a – not made up. You know, there actually is a Tampa Bay, but right. down there they just call it Tampa. Yeah, sure. I, thought, I thought they called it Tampa Brady. Um, <laughs> you got that, and, of course, you've got Buffalo and Kansas City. Right now, Herb, uh, you know, unless you're looking at anything else, I'm assuming you're going to make some plays uh, on Sunday with Championship Sunday. But right now, these 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 lines right here, so far the early lines posted here on betonline.ag, uh, the Packers three-and-a-half-point favorites, and then, of course, the uh, Chiefs three-point favorites at home as well. So what are we looking at here this weekend? Uh, this is you got to really be uh, you got to really know your stuff here to make plays this weekend, man, cuz these 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 lines right here a uh, razor thin margin here. So I'm scared already. <laughs> yeah. What I'm looking for right now, like you said, on betonline.ag is minus three and a half for the Packers playing at home next week it should be some inclement weather this past Yesterday, on Saturday, when they played the Rams, the weather was pretty seasonable. It was a little snow flurries, but it wasn't that cold. Next week, there should be some weather. And, of course, the Green Bay Packers 
went down to Tampa Bay earlier this year and got demolished. And Aaron Rodgers had one of his worst games in his career, and he always plays poorly down there in Tampa Bay. But this time, it is up in Green Bay. Those three and a half points look enticing. I would like for it to go on the other side. Give me the two and a half. Maybe I'll buy it down here on betonline.ag so I can feel comfortable. But, yeah, I would be all over the Packers if it came down even that half a point. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the Packers demolishing the uh, Tampa Bay. If the Bears can beat you, that means you're not a good team. <laughs> so the Bears uh, beat Tampa Bay up here, and the same situation will happen up in Green Bay on Sunday. That's what I'm believing. Yeah, absolutely. There's also some interesting stuff there with the over-under. Uh, I'm inclined to hit that over in that Tampa Bay-Green Bay game. Right now, the, the total's at 51. I'm inclined to go over on that one uh, right there. But yeah, there's a lot of good options for you right here on betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And Locked On White Sox is also brought to you today by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. And Herb, oh my goodness, we got the drop. I don't know if, if you got the drop, but I got my new Built Bar care package last week in the mail with these brand new flavors. Like this was our this was our first Built Bar drop since we started. I ran out of my original uh, you know, built bar package uh, quite some time ago, but I got some of these new flavors, Herb, and you saw me. I, I took it straight from my house. I ripped open the box and I put them in my desk drawer at work, and immediately I got after the coconut flavor, one of the twelve, uh, you know, original flavors. It's one of my favorite. Uh, but I also got a hold of one of the new flavors, even deliciouser, the carrot cake. But let me tell you, man, that when they say that they're that they're deliciouser and that they're they're improved. They are so delicious, and I couldn't imagine the new Built Bars being better than the original, but these new ones are just delicious, man. You know, it just the carrot cake flavor profile right on time right there, and the best thing about these Built Bars, Herb, is they are good and good for you, uh, high-protein, low-carb, low-sugar. They're great if you're trying to stay healthy in the new year, and it's just a beautiful thing when you can curb those 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 cravings that you have for sweets with a, with a nutritious snack like Built Bar. I don't know if you had a chance to sample any of those flavors that you got. Yeah, I didn't get my drop as yet as I moved uh, recently, so um, I haven't got the forwarded thing. Um, we're going back to the old department tomorrow, and I'll be looking forward to my Built Bar shipment at my door. But I did steal one of yours. Oh, Sorry. I stole get your one own. Get your own, Caramel Herbie. brownies. Yeah. <laughs> Caramel brownies the other day. And I was like, yeah, delicious. Awesome. Like you say in the commercials, it tastes just like a candy bar with less guilt. I'm doing this diet thing where calories are getting counted. Yeah. I think that bar was like 130 calories total, and it was delicious all the way through. Yeah. It filled me up and got me through the next meal. They really do. And I think I've decided, you know, I talked about how – um, the mint one was my favorite back in the day, the German chocolate, but I think my new front runner is that coconut, man. It tastes comparable to one of the other coconut candy bars that you would see at the grocery store. It's right up there with it. Tastes the same, but with like half the calories right there. So right now, get yourself a box. Mix it, get yourself a mixed box of Built Bar. That's what we got here. And you can get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code Locked On, and you'll get twenty percent off of your next order when you use our promo code Locked On for twenty percent off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. 
All right, we're back here on Locked On White Sox. Herb Lawrence, Chris Tannehill, and 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. And if you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college hoops, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Herbie, so... Liam Hendricks met the media on Friday, and oh boy, they were eating out the out of his hand. Uh, he was just—he's so great with the media. He hopped on with the Danny Parkin show. We had Cody Decker, the former big leaguer, sitting in with us uh, on Friday, and you know uh, Liam jumped on the show with us, and he was—he was super cool. And uh, he had this you know, little uh, Zoom conference with the Chicago media, and uh, there's some good stuff in there. And we're going to play a couple uh, clips here so you can get to know Liam Hendricks in case you guys missed this uh, on Friday. You know, you've got busy weekends out there. You don't have time to catch up with these Zoom calls. So we distill it down and, and get the best stuff out of there for you. So we talked about this White Sox bullpen just being a monster now, and now that you have Liam Hendricks on the back end of it. And here's Liam talking about just what it's going to be like in that bullpen and and he's got uh, a different challenge for himself this year when he when he sees some of these young guys that the White Sox have out there in that pen. Here's what Liam said about being in the bullpen for the Sox. I'm excited to be a part of it. Obviously, you see some of the arms that are coming up there, and I'm excited. Depending on what they uh, what their plan is with Crochet or some of those guys who throw a little harder, it's going to be a good little measuring stick. I mean, I, at some point, my my chances to uh, I need to be able to throw harder than him, and that's another work. That's a goal to work towards for me as well. But. No, I'm excited. Obviously, I, I heard what Bummer was saying the other day. I'm excited to learn from him about different grips and the way he throws things. Then you've got Evan Marshall, who's done a fantastic job of of the of last year. You've got Cody Hewer. You've got Ohoya. Sorry, you've got guys out there that uh, I'm excited to be a part of. It's it's a good group of guys that I'm hoping to learn a lot from them and hoping to impart some of the wisdom I've got from a lot of the guys that I've played with in the past with. Like I, I play with a lot of veteran guys, which I'm extremely blessed to have with uh, Latroy Hawkins in 2015, with Ryan Madsen and John Axford for a couple of years, with Joaquin Soria and Yusmero Petit for a while. It's uh, I've been very lucky to have those veteran presences in the in the bullpen, and and now I'm hoping to be kind of looking at trying to move into one of those guys and impart some of the wisdom on these young guys who are at some point are going to start taking over and uh, and and running this train along for a long time in this city. Yeah, man. So a couple things there, you know, trying to throw harder than Garrett Crochet. Uh, Garrett Crochet is like easy hundred. Um, I don't know if I want my free agent acquisition out there trying to like throw throw the shit out of it, as Don Cooper used to say. Um, and also, the, the thing that I like about Liam Hendricks is, you know, you don't hear a lot about closers in the bullpen or just bullpen arms, bullpen guys in general sort of being like the the leadership mentor to other guys in the bullpen you don't hear about that about that a lot in baseball most famously i think of mariano rivera teaching david robertson his cut fastball and stuff like that but uh, you, you know liam hendricks doesn't have a specialty pitch per se that he can teach some of these other guys but maybe he can teach these young guys in the bullpen a little bit about the mentality and believing yourself and sort of shaking off a bad outing and, and not letting it you know compound and i think he's going to be just so valuable just to, you know above all just being the closer out there but just the the, the wisdom he's going to be able to impart on some of these young guys and hearing him talk like you got to be excited to have this guy out there for you herb yeah i was feeling really good and I know it's, you know, something small and he could have just rifled through a media guide right before the, the uh, press conference, but knowing these guys' names, who they are, like, yeah, he faced or he was in the game where Garrett Crochet pitched and got hurt, but, you know, he knows him, he knows Bummer, he knows all these people's pitch mixes and 
gives uh, thanks to the people who taught him things throughout his career, wants to be that guiding light for those players too. It's just, you know, something simple about knowing their names going through and, you know, even said Hoyer's name wrong. And he's like, Oh no, it's Hoyer. And so, you know, I am sure that, you know, those guys, you know, feel good about a veteran, the best reliever in the game, knowing who they are, even though he's just, they're their teammates. Now, knowing who they are, knowing their pitch mix, knowing exactly who, uh, what type of bullpen they got. And that's probably why one of the more reasons why he came to the White Sox. It's like, when I come here, it won't be all on me. It'll be kind of like it was in Oakland, where we're a dominant bullpen together, a collective, the Wendelkins, the Yasmira Pontitsa he's talking about, the executioner, our former uh, White Sox great, like he mentioned there. And that will be the same thing. It'll just be moving from Oakland to Chicago and have the same dominant bullpen. And you remember that was the talk of that series. All Oakland has to do is get through the fifth or sixth inning and then put those dominant bullpen pieces in. And that's what the White Sox are going to be like, but with much better starting pitching and much better hitting. Awesome. Yeah, man. And, you know, Hendricks was mentioning in that same Zoom call about how as, as an observer from the other side of the, uh, you know, from the opposing dugout in that game three, that wild, wild card game where uh, Dane Dunning was pulled after it was a two-thirds of an inning, if that, and he said that he was marveling at the talent the White Sox had just, you know, with all those moves that Rick Renteria was making, putting different guys in the game. He was talking about how each one, each guy had plus stuff. And, you know, each guy they were kind of looking at like, oh, man, when, when are they going to run out of guys? And ultimately the White Sox did eventually run out of guys. And, you know, we felt like they didn't have enough. But, you know, Liam said that he felt like, you know, it was like there was endless churning of, of top-tier talent in the White Sox bullpen. And now you can argue uh, he is, is going to be the finest of them all uh, in, in 2021. But how did he get to the White Sox? What made him want to come to the White Sox? There was a, a, a White Sox player who recruited Liam Hendricks, and we didn't hear anything about this, uh, but t- take a listen here to who recruited Liam Hendricks and how far this recruitment process uh, lasted and how far it goes back for Liam Hendricks. Uh, well, it was funny. Uh, before we got online, uh, Rick came in and said that a couple of years ago, jo- uh, James McCann actually came forward and was like, hey, you got to try and get this guy over here. He's mentioned he wants to come here. We ran into James walking around downtown in 2019 and said, look, hey, let's get it done. Uh, because I, I was able at that point to know that there was a couple guys in the team and everything that anybody has said that's come from the White Sox has been has just had glowing reports. Like I spoke to Joaquin Saria, Ross Detweiler that have been here in the past, and they both all those guys love the uh, love the vibe in the clubhouse. They love the way the organization was moving. And it was just that that was a big part for me. But, um, yeah, we we definitely love the city. Um, so if James McCann. You know, what, 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 first of all, what a mensch right there, you know, actively trying to recruit players, going into Rick Hahn's office saying, get this guy. Of course, we find out that Rick Hahn did try to acquire Liam Hendricks in 2019 or 2020, I should say. But how about James McCann? If the White Sox get a World Series ring this year, McCann should get one because he laid the groundwork for this. And just what, what a good soldier right there, man. It, it's, it sucks that James McCann can't be uh, around to play with Hendricks and see it see this through 100%. But how about that, that, that recruiting process right there? Which is awesome. The guy was, um, you know, a good soldier for the White Sox. He, when he was with the White Sox, it's like, it's like your man Cheese. When he was with the White Sox, when the White Sox was leading, I was with the White Sox. Now the Mets are sending him money, he's with the Mets. Luckily and hopefully, 
James McCann doesn't get shot in the head after saying that. But he <laughs> that James was for needs, Joe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> James, like think about that. He changed his whole game around from when he came from Detroit to here, and he changed Lucas Giolito's whole game around. Like Lucas did the work in the off season, but James was the catcher he liked throwing to. James is the catcher that he had the success with, the most success with, and now he's recruiting the best reliever in the game to the White Sox before he even comes there. That's awesome. And then giving the – God, Ross Detweiler, man. I still miss him. He had a great 2020. <laughs> I would I would be all for picking up Ross Detweiler. That was very confusing. We DFA'd Ross Detweiler before the uh, the playoffs started. But yeah, they could have used him. word out there. Yeah, exactly. He's putting a good word out there. We could have used him over Carlos Rodon. He was much better. He knew the role. He was excelled in that role. And the executioner, uh, Joaquim Soria, did a poor job for the White Sox, but found himself back out there for the Oakland A's. So kudos to those guys for giving Liam Hendricks the good word. And kudos to the White Sox for creating that atmosphere in the clubhouse that other people leave, even though if they didn't have a good career with the White Sox, they still say, yeah, it was a good atmosphere. You should go there if you want to. Ross Detweiler picked up by the Marlins this offseason. So, you know, you'll have to wait on that one, Herbie. Uh, fi- yeah. Finally here. You know, obviously, Liam Hendricks being Australian, that's a big part of the, the, you know, what people talk about with him. And of course, nicknames. Um, You know, we love a good nickname here on Locked on White Sox. Uh, We talked about in in the the not so emergency emergency podcast when Liam Hendricks was signed that his nickname was Slida. Um, and he talked about what his new potential nickname could be on the South Side, and I want to I want to hear how much you love this, Herb. This is this is really funny. And the other thing I wanted to say we've been we've been going back and forth on the possibility of monikers. Uh, obviously, with with uh, my nickname being Slider in uh, in Oakland, we figured it meshes meshes well with going with uh, with South Slider, just with the South Side. It, I think it, I think it works well. So we'll see how that goes. And hopefully, there's a Players Weekend where I can throw it on the back of the jersey this year. Really? I hate that nickname. <laughs> Your thoughts, Irby. South Slider? What are we doing here? I think it sounds like the replacement for Southpaw. Sorry, Southpaw. You're out. South COVID, COVID budgets. You're out, Southpaw. See ya. Don't yeah. let the door hit you. Up, like, jumping up and down. South Slider's here. <laughs> They're messing with their kids. And scare Chris Ronchi. And Lawrence Holmes. Yes. Um. But yeah, um, yeah, it, you, you can do better, and not any Australian like centric words, like yeah. nothing about knives, nothing about <laughs> crocodile dundees, nothing about wallabies or kangaroos or sharks or things like that. Just you know, if you, you see it, if it hits you, it's like oh yeah, that name works. Yeah, South Sliders. It's not good. Just slider <laughs> sounds good. It just sounds good as coming out of Australian mouth. Slider, go slider. <laughs> wow. Jason Hosking probably hates me. Um, He's like, stop it. <laughs> I mean, get used to it though, because when the White Sox are on national television and and A Rod's doing the game, that's gonna be one of the first things they talk about. You know, they call him South Slider, <laughs> and it's just gonna be like, oh god. But hopefully, that's like the and the- all the good folks in the White Sox, Jerry Reinsdorf, <laughs> oh. really good guy, guys. I don't know if you guys know that Jerry Reinsdorf. Help me try to get the Mets. Yeah, Steve Cohen, kind of an asshole. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but yeah, that's that's what you know. We're gonna hear a lot of that, but hopefully, uh, that's the biggest concern that we have as White Sox Nation is hearing that that cringy nickname for Liam Hendricks. But uh, that's all I got tonight, Herbie. I just wanted to make sure you guys heard that. And yeah, Liam Hendricks is the media darling in Chicago. Oh boy, the, the media love talking to him, and understandably so. He's a charismatic guy, funny guy, thoughtful guy. Even though it doesn't really mean a lot, you know. Um, he's looking for a place. Him and his wife are looking for a place in downtown Chicago. He said that he wants to have, you know, a place where when once COVID, you know, regularities open up and the restaurants and bars are open, he wants to be able to go out and have some type of atmosphere because he lived in Oakland. He said it wasn't really a good downtown. It wasn't a good atmosphere there. But Chicago, him and his wife are going to settle in the town. He said he referenced Tim Anderson living in town uh, as a kind of a uh, like a, a example for him. It's like, yeah, we and Tim can get together on some initiatives or just hang out, maybe do some uh, philanthropy, whatever. But I want to live in Chicago. I, I found that to be refreshing. And I don't need my players to live in the town that they play in. But a guy comes to this town and he's like you know what i want to live here i want to be here and me and my wife want to be part of this atmosphere here in chicago it feels good because multiple things because chicago gets a bad rap firstly and then secondly a player wants to be in the city that he plays in it feels like he accepts himself as part of the city not just I happen to be in Chicago because I signed, they gave me the most money. No, I like Chicago. It's a great uh, uh, downtown area. It's a great uh, city. And I am a Chicago resident, that type of thing. And then when Timmy did that, I think it went largely like, uh, it went reported, but it didn't like hit that people like, this man lives in the city. Like that's where he lives. And to have your big time signing free agent live here all year round, I'm in. I'm feeling it. Yeah. It's a it's a small thing, but it's a big thing to me. Yeah, I could see uh, Liam Hendricks, you know, pounding beers after a after a World Series clincher, like in the West Loop or something like that. Uh, our friend Shane Reardon was trying to tip him into some building that he knew that Moncada lives in uh, downtown or, or in the in the West Loop. So he was trying to give him some uh, some real estate advice there, our guy Shane. So we'll see if he takes him up on that. But yeah, our socks uh, they're in the city, not socks in the city, but they they're living in the city, and uh, it's pretty cool that you can uh, you you know go out and wander these streets and and, and see these guys out out in, in real life uh, you know unlike the days when we grew up when all the players pretty much lived you know uh, you know in the south suburbs and you know stuff like that but I I, I, ju- I jumped ahead here uh, the the biggest uh, thing that we mentioned here Rick Hahn was asked if he's done and we got an email I will read one email here from our guy Mike Victor. Uh, who woke up to the Liam Hendricks signing, and he says, I give myself credit, uh, gave him the old uh, the, the old pat on the back here. Uh, who is that? That's uh, uh, Barry Horowitz pat on the back. He says he gives himself credit because just when I ranted about the team going cheap, uh, like the lady from Major League, they step up and sign a bullpen ace. Don't stop now, boys. Still need a few more pieces to secure. AL frontrunner status. Let's go. So... Uh, we mentioned are uh, the Sox. Thank you, Mike, for checking in as always. We had to give you your own little spot there. Um, so we mentioned Rick Hahn, and we mentioned the rumors that the Sox, could they be done adding? Uh, take a listen to what Rick Hahn said, and he was asked this question about three different times, but this is Rick asking, uh, this is Rick Hahn being asked if he was done uh, with, uh, with the acquisitions for the offseason, and here's what he said. Yeah, at the end of the last call we did, I don't know if it was Eaton or Lynn, I don't remember the order, uh, I think it was actually Jesse. He asked me 
uh, if we were satisfied or we were done or if I expected more moves. And stupidly, I said something like stay tuned or something like that, primarily because I was just trying to get off the call at that point. Uh, and in saying that flippant remark, I created these expectations that something more was coming. Obviously, we hoped something like Liam was coming, but at that point, we didn't know. Uh, so I'm going to err on the other extreme of that comment and say, you know what, if this is our group, we're very happy with it. And uh, we will go to camp with these guys and, and we'll sort it out there. But uh, we feel we've got the, the makings of a championship team and among this group. Uh, the reality is, is that it's always probably somewhere in between those two answers. There's always another move that we feel we can make to get us better. Uh, we're going to continue to explore, uh, see if something lines up. Uh, but there's no guarantee it will. So if, if this, in fact, is our group, you know, we feel we feel pretty good about where we sit today. Except for the score, Chris Emma. Go ahead, Chris. Hi, Chris. So you mentioned the the aggressiveness at some of these premium options out there. How aggressive can you still be? What what can you still accomplish with the rest of this offseason after being aggressive so far? I'll refer to my earlier comment that I'm going to err on the side of managing and minimizing expectations. So, you know, quote Hoosiers, our team is on the floor. Uh, the truth is we're going to continue to explore things, but again, we feel pretty good about where this group's at right now. And if this is the, if this is the final group come spring, that's all right. Now I believe Rick Hahn, when he says, you know, if he had to break camp with this team right here, he'd be, he'd be happy with it. You know, I know every GM is always trying to improve their team, but you look at this team on paper, they're pretty good and they should be the favorites for the division just right, right out of the shoot. But also, when you're GM, you're always trying to improve, and Rickon has to know that there's still some holes on this roster, and there are several options available to fill those holes. So, you know, before knowing what we knew tonight about these rumors from Hector Gomez, what did what did you make of that? Did you think Rickon thought he was done? Done? He he mentioned a lot about the money, and he was very very specific into thanking Jerry Reinsdorf and talking about how he was able to create flexibility and how he was able to come up with the great idea of having the Chicago Bulls style contract for Liam Hendricks's buyout in the fourth year if, if, if in fact they, they choose to say goodbye where they spread out the 14 million over four, over 14 years uh, one million a year so what did you think of, the, of what Rakan was saying right there do you think uh, that he believes that this team is complete and they're, they're not going to make any more moves I think he looks at the team and he knows it's not complete a hundred percent knows it's not complete um Knowing it's not complete and actually be able to do something about it are two different things yep. there with the white sex, as we know. Um, hmm. Yeah, because there's no way you can look at that roster and then look at DH and like, eh, we're good. No, you're, you're not good. You got to have a complete team. And, and hopefully these rumors we talked about earlier in the show about uh, maybe Cruz, maybe Ozuna coming to the White Sox will be true. There's no way in hell he can look at the White Sox and say, we're good. Because even when we signed Hendricks, I think I came in the studio. I was like, are, we're good, but are we better than the Twins? And if the Twins don't lose Nelson Cruz, of course we're better than them. But, like, they're going to lose Arizzi. They're going to lose Cruz. We're going to be better by them, by them being worse, not by us getting much better. I want to be the best team in the American League, if not the best team in major leagues. And you can tip the scales by getting Ozuna, maybe even tip the scales of getting Nelson Cruz. Right now, people mostly are saying the Yankees are the best team in the AL. And the hell I would want, I would want to do all this sludging through this bullshit of losing and rebuilding just to go out in the ALCS 
losing to the goddamn Yankees. Hell no. If the Yankees are good, let's get better. So I hope he sees the Yankees as our competition, not the damn Twins. I saw the goddamn Yankees at Metro back in the day. Um, yeah, the Yankees making a very shrewd signing and scooping up Corey Kluber. Let me just say right now, that was something that we didn't talk about here, but I wanted the White Sox to be at that workout. Like, I'm a big-time Corey Kluber guy, and it's a one-year deal. I think that what did they pay him? What was it, like 8 or $10 million or something like that? So it was you know, not, not a, a bargain by any means in today's climate. For the Yankees, it sure is, but it's a one-year deal. But that that's that's an intriguing move for me, and of course they're talking about trading, uh, you know, for the Reds Castillo. So we'll see what the Yankees do. But yeah, I, I agree with you. He has to know that there's still holes, and you know, I think when when GMs talk about their teams, like they they talk about guys in starting positions. Like I don't think that GM is going to be have a top of mind about a backup catcher because we know that that that's still an option that the White Sox need to explore. Uh, all the Kurtz are being uh, scooped up off a of free agency. Uh, Kurt Kazali, yeah, and Kurt Suzuki, they're all gone. Oh. Yeah, Kurt Suzuki got picked up, man. So now, oh. but maybe they're they're gonna be exploring T flow, like you mentioned. That I like that a lot too. There, so yeah, man. I, Rickon has to know that this roster is not complete. But I understand if he goes to, to Jerry and he says, I want to make another move, and Jerry says, nope, uh, I've already opened up the checkbook uh, enough for this offseason. I would hate to see that, but it's very, it would be very White Sox. But Rickon's a smart guy. He knows. He knows that he, he doesn't want to count on Andrew Vaughn when you have Lance Lynn on a one-year deal. Like It just it doesn't make sense. And I, I know we got into a not a thing, but you know, we were talking about him on Twitter, and James Fox jumped in and said James Fox is ready to rock at, at first base. You know, We talked about how – you know he was suspect d- defensively, and you know James Fox said he's ready to go at first. I don't know if he's if he thinks the bat's ready to play or not, um, but I, I certainly don't want to risk it. You know it would not surprise me if 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 Andrew Vaughn, who they said was ready to hit in the at the major league level as soon as he was drafted out of Cal, you know they they said he was ready to go then, and that was what was it two years ago at this point or whatever it was. So it, it wouldn't surprise me, but that that's too big of a risk to take here. I think. Uh, for the White Sox in their World Series window. So, yeah, man, we'll see what happens here with the DH spot and hopefully it gets fortified here quickly here. Uh, they still got some time, but, uh, you know, options coming off the board here. Now you're starting to see, you know, the, uh, the the team separate a little bit here. You got the White Sox, Yankees, Padres, they're all Dodgers. They're making moves and everyone else is kind of just regressing and just going, you know, being content with being bad. So sad state of affairs, but good time to be a White Sox fan, that's for sure. But uh, that's all I got tonight, Herbie. All right, that's Chris Tannehill. Follow him at Chris Tannehill on Twitter and Instagram. Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23, and the show is at Locked on Socks. Follow us here on Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. We're top When we get 100 uh, followers, every 100th follower, Chris Tannehill will pick out a random person and send out a Locked on Socks prize pack. So tell your friends, tell yourself, sign up and subscribe to our Locked on YouTube channel. And maybe you can win a prize pack. So for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Locked on Socks.